Abandon fear and trust yourself Open up to all life's wealth Tap into a sixth sense With intuitive intelligence Hello, hello, hello and welcome. It is your host, Bernadette Gold, success coach and intuitive here to help inspire, educate, and empower you with a very special guest today. I am here with Dr. Colleen Meyer, and she's been in business for herself for 25 years. She specializes in PR, digital marketing, and strategic planning. She identifies gaps in operational and marketing performances and helps businesses create a strategy for growth. And Colleen has held the titles of general manager, campus president, regional director of operations, professor, dean of business, and business owner. Wow. (laughs) She sits on the board of the local chapter of the National Association of Women Business Owners. Um, She has a doctorate from USC in organizational change and leadership. She's also the podcast host of a podcast called Fearless in Pink. And I got to be on that show and that was a fun conversation. So welcome, Colleen. Hi, Bernadette. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, I think we're going to have a good conversation. I do. Um, And we were talking briefly right before (laughs) the start of the show um, about some of the stuff that you've come through. And, mm-hmm. and intentional, like really being intentional with your life. And, your, and you've accomplished, like looking at the list of titles you've held and having a conversation with you prior on your podcast, like you're a badass. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, um, you know, in, in the house I grew up in, there was um, seven of us and I was number two. And our house in our home, it was dysfunctional and I know a lot of people have dysfunctional households and what ours was was a I had a father that was alcoholic who was a womanizer he was uh, he, he was a wife a beater and then I had my mom who tried to keep everything together and the best that she could and she really tried to do a great job but she struggled with at the time stress management so then we became now um, she would take what she was getting and kind of pass it along to us. And also we didn't have a strong basis for education, like a strong foundation. Mm. It wasn't, oh, you need to do your homework. It wasn't, you know, how are you doing in school? What are your grades like? <clears throat> so as I'm maneuvering my way through this, I saw even as a child, how a I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live like that. That's not going to be me. So that's a choice that I made, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old. And the second thing is that, you know, I, when I was young, I was, I had asthma. I still have it, but it was very bad. And they would often use me like a ping pong of why, which parent was to blame if I was sick. Oh, geez. Yes. So at at that age, uh, again, probably seventh grade, um, I determined that it's nobody's fault. It is what it is. So I just, as this noise was going back and forth, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to listen to this noise. It's not, you know, it's not, this is not me. And I think a lot of people, adults, 
and kids, especially kids, you know, you it's, they don't t tend to step out of something. They stay in it and get wrapped up in it. And as I was going through my life, I decided that I wasn't going to be a victim. And this is what you and I were talking about. I have six other siblings and some of them are feel they are victims and some of them are survivors. But that's a mindset because if you look at yourself as, yeah, we, did we have a lousy childhood? Yes. You know, was there violence in there? Yes. Was there uh, addiction? Yes. All of these things were in there, but that is not who I am. That is not me. That is happening outside of me. And I made a choice to say, I am not a victim. I am a survivor. What do survivors do? Survivors focus on self-reflection, how we think about ourselves, how we talk to ourselves in our head, and what can I do to get there? So I'm at point A, and now I'm at, you know, and then I have to look at, you know, point B and how do I get out of it? Because if you stay in that role of victim, then your, 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 children have that same mentality and then it becomes a generational thing where yeah. there's violence there's um there is you, you know looking at yourself as a victim but there are people that are true victims but we, we don't have to live there that's not where we live yeah rather than it being something that happened to you it becomes you exactly right yeah well it's very interesting because i know you do a lot of women's women's rights activism and mm -hmm. And even your show is surround, you know, it's it's focused on women and then mm -hmm. your position with the local chapter of National Association of Women in Business. So I'm very curious, without giving any personal details of, of mm -hmm. anyone you've dealt with in your many roles, what do you think the percentages of the women that you've seen move through these organizations or these these positions that you've been um, in a management position over that are actually walking in the survivor mentality, the thriver mentality versus the victim? I think that, well, my research, uh, my dissertation, we did it on women business owners. My search, research and prior research shows that women that are getting into business, not all of them, can't put everybody in the same you know box, but there's a higher percent of women who have a fear of failure and lower self-efficacy than their male counterparts. So what causes that? And that's where my passion is. It's what's creating that because I see it, mm -hmm. you know, and I see it because women, I'll give you an example. Women are more likely when starting a business to, to um, use personal savings, get a loan, use a credit card where men are more likely to go get a loan from, you know, the SBA or their bank or credit union. Not that women don't, but there's a higher percentage of them that don't mm -hmm. versus our male counterparts. And I think that has a lot to do with where their mind is and how they see themselves. Why are you already, why are you already saying I'm going to fail. We we already planted that in our head. We're going to fail. And then what happens that you manifest that you, yeah. you, that's in your mind and now you're going to manifest it. And I see that happening at a higher rate than when I, the men that I've dealt with. 
it's interesting all of the across the board i think since the me too movement mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and god bless the me too movement mm -hmm. i think since we've had the me too movement and we've had um more women in leadership roles over the course of the last decade mm -hmm. um and now in government mm -hmm. in high positions mm -hmm. that they're paving the way for women to say wait a minute i i can succeed mm -hmm. I have the same opportunities. How do I capitalize upon that? So what would you be your advice to, to women that are wanting to step into leadership roles? Young girls who are like, well, she came from a crappy background. Mm -hmm. She did it. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can't. Like, what would you say to them? Like, what's the key? In, in, and it doesn't even matter, right? Like what the circumstances are in your life. We can change it no matter where we are. Mm -hmm as long as we make the choice. Like, what would you say is the, the biggest motivating change or pivot point for you when you, when as a little girl, and then not only as a little girl, when you graduated high school and you went, I'm going to college. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you a secret. I didn't graduate high school. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And look at I you now. I, ha I, I um, end up having a, a child very young mm -hmm. and um, end up getting my GED in my mid-20s. And um, that, so I knew I wanted to get it, get an education, but then life happens yes. and then it derails you, but you got to come back to it. And, you know, the, going back to your question, fire that person in your head. <laughs> that's negative. Fire that person, get them out of there. It's, it's how we talk to yourself. I was talking to a friend of mine and I, he's been married for 36 years. And loving, loving, loving. I see a mother always going here and they're all loving, snuggly. And I said to him, I said, hey, how do you keep your marriage alive? How do you keep it at that honeymoon stage? And he said, it's right here. Every day I say to myself, I love this woman. She's wonderful. She's great. Because we let that voice into our head. You know, we could take it back to women and, um, and being intuitive and wanting to, to manifest things in our lives. You have to fire that person that's up there that's saying things to you that are is negative. Why why can't you be? I did it. Yeah. My mother was a nurse. She went to trade school the back in the day. Nobody besides nobody, nobody, not one person be, before her graduated from high school. Interesting. So it's it's we don't have to be. We are not who we came from, and we can choose not to be those people. We are our own selves. So getting rid of that person, you know, say good things to yourself. I can do this. And it's going to be hard because we fall into this imposter syndrome, you know. And I'm not going to tell you that that didn't happen to me. I was sitting at USC with all these people. And I'm looking around going, oh, my God, what am I doing here with all these people? But you got to stop that. No. You know what? I, I, I applied for it the same as they did. I went through the scrutiny the same as they did. They read my information and let, and let me into the program. Only 11 to 13% of the people that apply got in. I got in. I deserve to be here. So we have to fight that imposter syndrome when, when that person in our head starts talking to us, things that we don't want to hear. So get that person out of there. Believe in your dreams uh, and keep it alive. Keep your dream. Write it down. Put it on the wall. Put it on a sticky tag on the bathroom. You know, Here's another one. Get rid of the naysayers. Yes. Get please. rid of them. <laughs> you know, I have a husband now 
my second husband, he supports me no matter what I do. Dude, okay, baby, you can do it. Yeah. You know, but my, when my, my first husband I married, he didn't want me to go to school. Didn't want to be talked to my mom. You know, he didn't want me to do this. I'm like, no, you know, you have to be strong enough to say no, no. You know, and I think if I had not, I'm not telling people to leave relationships. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about for me, only mm -hmm. for me. If I stayed in that marriage, my daughter, one of my youngest daughters, she just graduated from getting her master's degree in anthropology. She got a great job in New York now. She told me, mom, you dodged a bullet. Speaking mm -hmm. about her father, because even with her, didn't encourage her to go to school. She didn't encourage her. And so I think that for me, this was not, this person was in, in the way of my, and not in a positive way, it was a negative influence. And so uh, we end up divorcing and now he's remarried and he's happy, which is I'm glad for that. And I'm happy, but, but even my daughters can see that if I stayed there, I would not be the person you, that you're talking to today. And that would have been sad, I think. So tell me this, um, and I'm always curious about this because I'm doing this research project right now uh, with uh, investigating, mm -hmm. you know, just really mm -hmm. researching the secret fears of, of very highly successful, high achieving people, people who've, who've accomplished some extraordinary things that most people look at and they go, oh my God, I could never, you know, because we have this preconception that really successful people don't suffer from imposter syndrome, which is, it's a lie. It's a lie. Every step of our journey and success, it comes back, even if you defeat it on one level, Mm -hmm. The next level, it's going to show up again where you feel mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I don't deserve to be here. So when you were in school and when you've been gone throughout your career and you've held these amazing positions, mm -hmm. especially as a woman who, unfortunately, on this planet is a bit marginalized. We are a bit marginalized, yeah. which we have to work harder to have what we have and achieve what we achieve. How did you get beyond the imposter syndrome when it came to to knock on the door? I think it was working on that person we talked about. And I also, and the surrounding people, because that's just all that comes back, you know, when I would say to myself or say out loud to my husband, you know, I don't want to take this to this statistics course. I don't do good at math. I don't, yeah, I don't want to do this. And he's like, stop that. Stop telling yourself you can't do math. Stop that talk. And he actually, this is what I'm talking about surrounding yourself with people. Um, I told him once, I always wanted to play the violin, but we didn't have the money when I was a kid. Mm. And, and he said to me, go, go buy a violin, take it up now. You know, and I was like, in my late 40s, I said, no, go get one, we're gonna go take lessons, why not? And I think that you have that surrounding people. If you have people that tell you all the time you can't do it, that's, look, when we're little girls and we're out there on the, on the playground and we're like, okay, this and that, you know, oh, she's a little bitch, right? Oh, that. <laughs> Little boys, woohoo! They're yeah. they're leaders. So that plants in our head. So when you when women are growing through and, and, and getting these amazing things are happening to them, that we do have the imposter syndrome. It's it's those people. And even if you're saying, well, my family doesn't really support me, but I, I I'm happy in my whatever relationship. Go find your girl crew. Meet yeah. every week, and you guys support each other and and meet on Mondays. This is my goal for the week. And everybody's going to support each other and everybody's going to give yays. We have to have, and this is what people do at higher levels. They have their girl posse that supports them. 
and people in their lives that support them. And, and I think, because that, like you said, that's gonna come back. It's coming back to haunt us. And we have to have those people that are gonna say, stop, stop yeah. it. Because you know, Sheryl Sandberg, I don't know if we talked about this when you're on my podcast, she wrote a book called Lean In. And the, mm -hmm. the premise of it is women in the boardroom. Now these are people in the boardroom tend to lean back and men lean in. Why do we do that? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. yeah. And programming for years and years. You don't get to have a voice. Don't speak unless you're spoken to. You know, yeah. you're too emotional. You're too sensitive. Mm -hmm. And it's even yeah. in the interviews, right? In corporate, the interviews. Have you had a family? Are you married? Are you planning on having a family? You know, they don't ask men these questions. You know, I was teaching a class at a university and we we're talking, talking about um, business law. And this particular university has a lot of international students are here on an F1 visa. And I posed the question, should a woman who's pregnant, maybe brand new pregnant, you can't tell, should she disclose that she's pregnant during an interview? And what surprised me was so many of my international students, including female students, said, yes, you owe it to the boss to hmm. let them know. And I was like, ah, what? You know, so then we went on and we took it down the road, which is the reason why that's illegal question here in the States is because it's discriminatory. Right. So if, a, if your wife's pregnant, does that mean the man can get the job? Yeah. You know, so it surprised me that how many of my students saw it as a woman's obligation to tell an employer, hey, I'm pregnant, so don't hire me for until, you know, probably the next two years. You know, because you got to go through the pregnancy, then you have to be, you know, so that's basically what they're doing. Right. And I, you know, we had that conversation, but it, I was surprised to see how many female students said that. And I think you'd probably get the same answers now. Because I worked not not long ago, I worked with um, a C-suite exec that mm -hmm. was being offered. She was she was recruited from another company, and she said, "Well, I just found out I'm pregnant. Do I tell them?" And I was like, "You tell me. Do you tell them?" She, I think I owe it to. Them. Why do you owe it to them? Like, why do you owe it to them to tell them that you're pregnant? And in, in, the, in the end, she didn't tell them until after she had been trained and they'd invested in her. And I said, well, that's the right way to go because they need to invest in you to have any access to what's going on with you. It's none of their business. This is like a short little blip and it's no different than if in eight months you're gonna have a vacation that was already prepaid, pre-planned. What's the big deal? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's weird, right? Like men don't have to contend with these things in the workplace or in their careers. It's an interesting thing too, and I wanna get your take on this. Because okay. um, I, you know, I study a lot of successful people and mm -hmm. I have a lot of successful clients and, and I look online at the difference between the way a man shows up online in video or on a podcast and the way a woman does, right? Mm -hmm. We are expected to be fully made up if we're on video. You know, your best, your hair has to be done. Guys show up in their baseball cap <laughs> and their jeans and their t-shirts 
Nobody says anything. It's just, they're allowed. A woman shows up not made up. People will comment, mm -hmm. you look tired. Mm -hmm. Or if they are all made up, now suddenly people will comment and say, because this happens to me all the time, you look really good today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, did I not look good the day I didn't have makeup on? And why is that okay to say to me? Mm -hmm. Right? Do you take me more seriously because I have makeup on? Where with a man, hat, no hat, tie, no tie, he's just taken seriously. What is that phenomena? What is think, that, do you think? I think that is our, uh, our society in this country is about youth and beauty and, and weight. You know, my daughter did her master's thesis on um, the weight culture and the diet culture in this country. And so we're expected to pre present beauty. Um, and I think that- Us I, meaning I, women. I, I'm sorry, us meaning women. They okay. expect us to show up because if we show up in our natural without makeup on, didn't you know you're coming to a, an interview today? Didn't you know you're coming to a, what's going on? You know, that's what they're thinking. And I know there's been studies and I've seen this over the years and years that an attractive woman is more likely to get a promotion or a job over someone who's not. Why is that? Why are we judged on that? And then yeah. if that attractive woman succeeds and gets a leadership role, she's accused of sleeping, sleeping with, yeah, sleeping her way to the top. I had that happen to me. I had that happen to me too. It, it's, I think that women need to stop the stuff too, because we blame a lot of guys, for, a lot of the male gender for a lot of our problems. But you know, ladies, we've got to stop this, start, stop this cat things. We, we should be elevating ourselves up. You know, you got a promotion? Yes. You know, yeah. I wanted the promotion. I didn't get it. But you know what? I'll get it next time. But for you, yes. But we don't. And we're. Yeah, and, and, then, and then recognize the beauty in the person showing up, whether they're made up or not. <laughs> is that so hard? Up, whether they're made up, whether they're what their size is. Yes. You know, it, it's it's. And, but a lot of that's us as a female. We judge. I think a lot of times more than not, we judge ourselves, each other. Yes more than men based on our beauty like we're some kind of competition to each other why can't we be support to each other not competition for each other that drives well, me crazy by the see, way and i think that we can change it i mean i i dare to rebel against that stereotype mm -hmm. i'm sitting here in a white gap t-shirt with very little makeup on if any mm -hmm. at all i don't think i even have any on my hair's not done i threw it up when it was wet i'm like <laughs> i'm just i don't feel like it it's friday mm -hmm. you know and I have to go on live in a little while after we do the podcast. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't have a problem jumping on and being me. Because as far as I'm concerned with the things that I bring forward, you're not here to look at me. I'm not here to entertain you. Mm -hmm. I'm here to provoke an insight and transformation in you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what I look like. You know, and this is what people do. And because I just did it to myself right now. Okay. And this is what women do. So I'm going to tell on myself right now. I, you're saying that and I'm looking at you and I'm going, well, you look really good. You know, you look very attractive, no makeup on. If I look, if I, you know, and so why do we start to automatically yeah. beat ourselves up? Like, yeah. I, I just I thought to myself, well, she's got pretty skin. She was, yeah. You know, I could never get away with that. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm just doing it right now as we're on the air. You know, it's just, that's what we do to each other. We, that has to stop, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, honestly, like, I think the most beautiful parts of who we are as people 
as humans and and as men or women it isn't how we look Mm -hmm. it's who we are inside how do you show up can you smile does it take like a ton of work i mean because i know a lot of people i've never seen them smile Mm -hmm. and and you can see it on the weight of their face and their shoulders and the way they carry themselves like they just want to curl up like an armadillo Mm -hmm. and roll away you know I think we need to recognize the bravery it takes, especially in today's world, to just show up and then to show up bravely, authentically. Mm-hmm. You? Yeah. That's huge. That's the world I want my daughters to live in. That's the world I want my daughters and granddaughters to live I one granddaughter right now, but to live in. You know, you know I, I was thinking about when I did my dissertation, when does this my granddaughter would ride dirt bikes and she's racing against boys she's up there with her trophy next to all these boys you know it never occurs to her wait a minute they're bigger stronger whatever we throw at them right never occurs to her but at a certain age i think a lot of girls are like that and at a certain age it flips Hmm. and i and i've read papers psychologists think that's a you know when when we enter puberty but i don't think it's i don't think we can blame that on just puberty Mm -mm. i think that's society you know, and what we tell, and it's getting worse because of social media. You know, here's an influencer, she's a size, you know, she weighs 95 pounds, and oh my God, I want to be like her. So I have to be 95 pounds. No, you don't. Be, be you. Be, I tell my granddaughter, just be a good person. All I want from you is be a good person. You know, treat people well, do your best, but be, a, because there's a lot of people out there that are not good people, and I don't want her to be that. Well, and what do people remember? Do they remember what makeup you had on, what shirt you were wearing, or do they remember how you made them feel? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. They rem- right? they do remember that. Yeah, I always remember if someone said something kind to me or they went out of their way to do something kind, I will always remember that. Me too. I don't know what they look like when they did it. I don't know. That fades. That picture fades. Mm-hmm. But that I agree. feeling always stays with it. So how do we get it there? How do us as mothers and grandmothers, because I have an eight-year-old granddaughter, how do we get it there and and stand up today? Like no time like the present. How do we get it there and model that for our next generation? I think we model it by being it, you know, and the same thing with, you know, we just the things that we talk to, walking, keeping that person out of your head, and just being confident because they will mimic that being yeah. confident but i think it's what we say to them um we don't we, with kids you know it even comes down to like my sister was had her, my little niece and she's like hey sit like a lady sit like a lady close your legs you know and i'm just like i'm looking at my, my little grandson he's all over the place i'm like you know just i mean there's etiquette we have to teach them but we, but why do we, why can't you say, you know, you know, I can see your underwear, whatever it was that she saw, you know, um, and, and it's, you don't want her to be, uh, feel that she has to be ashamed of her sexuality. I don't want them to feel, oh, you're, you're a girl. So you have to sit like this, you know, it's just, it's what we say to them. And I think that letting them be who they are, uh, I, I don't believe in, um, shaming people. Once when they when they feel like they are uh, maybe bisexual or they feel like 
they're dis or you know maybe they I don't know I don't know what you I'll say. share I, this with you this okay. is this is Tell me. <laughs> and I don't know how many people even know this I think a lot I know the people that are in my groups know this but um about I guess it's been about three four years now my youngest who is now going to be 20 in a couple months came to me and she said um I have to tell you something I already had a feeling, you know, and she goes, I like girls. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. She goes, but I also like boys. Mm -hmm. I said, cool. Yep. I said, how long have you been struggling with this? She goes, months, mom. I said, why? I was mm -hmm. afraid you were going to judge me. Why? Because all my exactly friends, right. parents judge them. I said, Bella, as far as I'm concerned, you just doubled the pool that you can date from. You go. <laughs> like, I don't care who you end up with, just as long as you're happy. And she said, wow, I never thought about that. And then yeah, her, friends, exactly right. her friends said, you have the coolest mother ever. And I'm like, but that's not cool. That's love. Mm, that's love. That's right. That's love. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff, you know, like, you know how little kids, you know, they touch themselves. They're just curious when they're little kids. And people, don't do that. Don't do that. Why are you going to give them some kind of sexual hang up? You know? So right. we do, sometimes we do it to them with all good intentions of our heart sometimes. But we do that to them. And I made sh that's a, you know, I think my granddaughter was doing that. And I said to her, um, you know, um, I said, okay, well, I'm just going to close the door. You know, give you know, because it's it's not that I'm going, you know, whatever. I just I'm not going to give her a hang up. It's natural. Kids do that. Close the door. Privacy, you know, and don't why I'm not going to shame my granddaughter or anybody mm -mm. Uh, because that's what happens when we get older. And that's when depression sets in and all these other stuff. And that no, I'm not doing that. And I think that's what happens. It's really it's it's very sad. It's very um, sad. But I think the more we have these kinds of conversations and, and demystify it, these things mm -hmm. that we weren't supposed to talk about. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> back in the 60s and 70s, you don't talk about these things. Sex was a dirty word. Dirty word. <laughs> you know, like anything mm -hmm. to do with any of that. And, and even feelings. How do you feel? That was, mm -hmm. that was not okay. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. the kids, the, this next generation, that's all they do, mm -hmm. talk about their feelings. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we're going to have mentally healthy, next healthier generation of kids coming up. And that's going to, because it's, when we shame people, I think that's the generational thing that we're passing down. Mm -hmm. It's that shame and anger and, you know, um, um, and that creates where, somebody is um, unhappy and they can't be themselves they can't share with to you that they're going through something because there's this fear and I don't think it only comes from family because sometimes it does like in your case it didn't obviously didn't but it's our society too you it know does. even though we're becoming more acceptive you know um I, you know my, my brother's gay and he I, I think he he still, I mean, and of course, when he came out, you know, we all loved him and, and um, accepted him and nobody, nobody cares on, I guess, be a good person, right? Um, and he is, 
But even with that, you know, society, I know that he, he had so much abuse through society and he's, you know, he's 50 something now and living a great life, travels all over the world. And, but what if we didn't accept him? What kind of mental damage could we have done? Because he still has, he's still grasping with all the stuff that happened to him that was outside of our house. Oh, of course, what we happening inside of our house, but then what was happening to him outside of our house. Right. And he had a struggle and let that go. Yeah. But, it, but he let it go. He let it go. And it, it took a while, you know, nothing happens overnight, but he took, he let it go. And I think a part of it is when we all said, okay, like you did. Okay. Here's one for you. Curious about this. Cause okay, you're divorced. Okay. You, you had a divorce as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the shame that, came with being divorced and still to this day there's still a stigma Mm -hmm. although it's more widely accepted it's like everybody gets divorced Mm -hmm. (laughs) most people get divorced at least once but when you do and now you have to take that title Mm -hmm. there is a shame that comes upon you and that's added to your already feeling like you're a failure Mm -hmm. Now you have to go, and it's on the bank forms. Are you married, single, divorced? I mean, does that determine whether or not I qualify for that loan? (laughs) But they ask you. Mm -hmm. So you ask you. What would you say to to women, and really there too? Women are more judged for being divorced than men. They are, and but most women. If they are the one who initiated the divorce, there's a reason. And that reason is what they need to keep in their front of mind awareness. Okay. Okay. I did it because of this reason. You know, it's okay. We have to, we have to turn that off. You know, what society gives us that label. No, we're going to give, I'm going to give myself a label survivor. You don't need to, you do not need to take that label and slap it on you. Divorced. You know, I'd rather be divorced than married to a man who didn't want me to be successful, wanted me to stay home and, and uh, no, I'm not even exaggerating, knit and crochet. And so, <laughs> are you kidding me? I couldn't see you doing that. I, there's no way. I don't even know how to do those things. And I have no interest in doing those things. And, and here's another thing. My mom stayed, I remember being 11 years old and telling my mom, leave him, leave him for the love of God. She wouldn't do it. I'd rather have had her have the stigma of divorce than what she, what she put us, what, what we went through mentally and emotionally and physically because of staying in that relationship. So ladies, don't, don't take that label. You are a survivor. Yes. And it takes bravery. And if a man leaves you, bye. I, 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 why would I, if I have to fight, it is, it's just, just me. If I have to fight for a man, then he's not worth it. He, 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 if he already sees, doesn't see the value in me and he wants to leave, then as much as it would hurt me, they have to go because are you going to be like my mother and have that worry? What's he doing? Where is he at for the rest of your marriage? No, thank you. Hard pass. A lot of times I think we struggle with those things just because whether it's a divorce or, or you get laid off or you lose a job, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it, it's more about 
what you built up in your head about it. Mm -hmm. It's the dream that you've lost mm -hmm. or your ideal that you, not the job that mm -hmm. was toxic, not the partner that was toxic. It's the dream. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Um, I had somebody on my podcast that was talking about that, about how we wrap our identity up in being yes. Mrs. So-and-so, you know, Dr. So-and-so. Uh, uh, I'm the mother of these two kids. I'm the grandmother of these two kids. I am the whatever it is that you do. I'm a nurse. I'm a, whatever it is, we wrap our identity in that. And that's why when these things happen, it crushes us. That is not that is only a small section of who we are as an individual. It's what we do for money. It's how we express ourselves. It's how we express ourselves. Yeah, it's not our identity. It's not our identity, but we make it our identity. Isn't that crazy? That it's is crazy. crazy to me. And yet it happens all the time. All the time. So on a parting, parting piece of advice <laughs> from a, a, a woman warrior, because I see you as that. Like when okay. I look at you, I see a warrior. I see someone who's been through the battle mm -hmm. in getting herself through college, in raising kids, in going through a divorce, in going through all these really wonderful high-profile positions to where you are today. I see a warrior. Mm -hmm. And not one that's got a bunch of scars. I see one that's settled and gone, I did that. How would you pass whatever you learned on your journey to the audience that's listening? I think that it doesn't matter where you came from. Um, your past does not determine your future. Your present does not determine your future. What determines your future is believing in yourself, believing in what the goal is that you want, creating a plan and going for it and surrounding yourself with people that will help you along the line. I had someone tell me once that even Billy Graham had a Sunday school teacher, you know? So, so it's like, it's, it's okay to have somebody along the line. That's, you know, your, your peeps pushing you along and, but, but it's all has to be in here, ladies, Yeah, you know, believe, just believe. And I tell, when people tell me one of those kinds of people, then hire a coach. Seriously, because Seriously. every high performance athlete Every high performance leader has a coach exactly that right. will say the things to them that even their closest friends will not say to them. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. To challenge you. That's what it's about. To make you mm -hmm. look at things differently and to challenge you. So, yeah. Well, thank you. That thank was a you. fun conversation for all of you. Go check out her podcast. She has amazing guests on her podcast, Fearless in Pink. She also is on Facebook, and you can find her on YouTube. Um, she's in, on LinkedIn. What's your LinkedIn? Because I notice you're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, what's my LinkedIn profile? Your name over there. Oh, yeah, it's just my name, Colleen Meyer. And I say Colleen Meyer, uh, EDD, MBA. Okay. So you see that. That's what it. But they can find you on the Fearless in Pink Facebook page. They can find page. me, yeah, and there yes. easily. And, but if they and put also, Colleen Meyer, they'll see it because it'll probably show different people. But you know, you can see where to say Dr. Colleen Meyer, and then it has the initials and stuff behind my name. Yeah, yeah. But go check out your, the podcast because you, you you have some amazing conversations over there. And Thank yeah, you so much. 
Yeah. And before we go, just want to remind everyone, if you are listening to the podcast, please give us some stars, leave a review, a comment. It helps with the algorithm um, and share it. Share it with your friends. It would be greatly appreciated. So, all right. Well, thank you, Colleen. It was great talking to you. you. I look forward to seeing more of your your stuff put out there and yeah, kick some ass. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Abandon you. fear and trust yourself. Open up to all life's wealth. Tap into a sixth sense with intuitive intelligence.